So I heard white neurodivergent people are acting up again, so let's go over this. But before we get started, I want you to remember a word, snort. Okay, so a couple of days ago, there was a woman who worked at a healthcare facility who was talking about a patient with dementia, um, all of a sudden just being racist. This happens quite often, and oftentimes you will see someone's black saying, white people seem to forget everything except for their racism. But I don't think that's what's happening. I don't think they suddenly remember the racism. I think they forgot that they were masking that they weren't racist. Because a diagnosis doesn't make you racist, it just changes the way you express your racism. Okay, now back to the word I asked you to remember in the beginning. I would like you to use shy snorp in a sentence. You can't, it's a made up word. Even if you could, it wouldn't have the same context universally. It would hold no meaning from person to person. You know what racism is. You know the context and you know the history. You know how to utilize racism. So, funny story. I wrote this entire script and then thought, maybe Amani has some really good content breaking this down because she usually does. And not only did she perfectly articulate every single thought I had that fueled this video, but she did it in less than 60 seconds. So, yeah. (laughs) Maybe go follow her if you want to learn more about this topic because her communication skills are just leaps and bounds ahead of my own. Over the past few weeks, there have been conversations cropping up online surrounding veteran Viner, Gabby Hanna's racist comments, with plenty of people arguing that she should not have to apologize for the vile things that she said. Their argument is that because she said these things during a manic episode, she is not responsible for those anti-black thoughts. Now listen, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, I'm not Gabby's doctor, and I honestly don't want to make any assumptions about what exactly it is that she's going through, though she has been open about her bipolar diagnosis. I personally don't think anyone's mental health is any of our business, and I think it's incredibly callous the ways that people are so quick to scandalize mental illness. The amount of views her TikTok racked up during this time period was unreasonably high simply because our society and the media encourages people to treat public breakdowns as a form of entertainment. And to me, there's not shit funny or gossip-worthy about watching someone in their most vulnerable state spiraling. That being said, amidst her public episode, she made numerous anti-black and other racially charged comments reflecting a pattern that has been present in her career since her earliest days on Vine. And to the best of my knowledge, she has never truly apologized or atoned for any of it. As of right now, her white fans are coming to her defense regarding her new racist comments, saying that this is a result of her intrusive thoughts or delusions of grandeur, and no, absolutely not. This is not the first time we've seen this defense being made for an influencer who accidentally lets all the racism hang out. From Jeffree Star to Shane Dawson, this is a tried and true excuse amongst most creators who get caught out. And this dismissive treatment of their past is incredibly harmful. These half-assed explanations treat racism as a personal phenomena that does not affect others, and that's simply not true. It always will, no matter how subtle. Anti-blackness is not a symptom of your mental illness, regardless of how much you may really want it to be. You can't explain away your racist outbursts by saying they were caused by mania, psychosis, or intrusive thoughts. In fact, claiming so is both disingenuous and manipulative. It does nothing to address the harm you've caused and truly ignores the root of where that racism is actually stemming from. 
My name is Joe, and this is With Nuance, a visual and audio essay series where we dissect all things pop culture from a socio-political lens. Today, we'll be exploring this phenomenon of legitimizing racism as a symptom of neurodivergence. More importantly, we'll be unpacking the public's response to prominent white celebrities and influencers who have racist outbursts, as this pattern is reflective of the average white person's understanding of anti-blackness. Babe, does my butt look big? Of course not, babe. What? I'm sorry, it's big! Anti-blackness is so ingrained in every aspect of our society to the point that in many of its forms, it's completely invisible to the untrained eye. White people have been socialized across their lineage to dehumanize non-white people for centuries. If you're not aware of how race was invented and constructed in this country, it was completely born out of the transatlantic slave trade. In the early years of the colonization of the Americas, it became apparent that white indentured servants and enslaved Africans were working together towards class solidarity. The wealth-hoarding White Walkers noticed the potential for a revolution there and decided to create these arbitrary racial classifications. This was all to ensure that there would be class division indefinitely. By constructing blackness as less than human, it solidified whiteness as the opposite. There was no longer any reason for poor white people to seek solidarity with black folks because they understood that this new system would work to their benefit in some ways. Anti-blackness is so normalized within our white supremacist colonial state, and it's so potent that it doesn't just affect how white people and non-black people view black folks, but its effects also manifest into our own collective consciousness. It shows up as colorism, texturism, featureism, respectability politics, and the list goes on. It's important to note this in this conversation because even black folks are tasked with first discovering and then unlearning these fucked up white supremacist ideologies that have been forced onto us. When we assert that all white people are racist, we're not just making that shit up. No matter how much you think you're the most anti-racist person you've ever met, there will still be elements of anti-blackness and other biases that you have to unlearn. I mean, if we have to unlearn our own anti-blackness, what do you think that means for y'all? Racism, xenophobia, and a plethora of other isms are so normalized in our society that even those most committed to self-reflection and the unlearning process will still unknowingly carry harmful biases. So that being the case, it poses an unavoidable question. If you didn't know what you said was anti-black until someone else pointed it out, how the hell do you already have an explanation and excuse? Before we get into these examples, I'd just like to assert that this is not a place for white people to rage out in my comment section about how much they hate Gabby. My intention is to not pile on unnecessary hate and my video will not be your excuse to further harass her. Especially not under the guise that you're speaking up for black people or people of color because no. It's performative and we can speak for ourselves. I'm asking anyone who does comment to do so earnestly and engage with the topic at hand, especially if you're a white viewer watching this, I would highly encourage you to question the ways that you possibly fit into the situation. So let me be fair here. I know there is a Gabby hate train and it's popular to pick apart literally everything the girl makes, but I personally think her latest music sounds good. I know. I think she found her sound and I think that it's 
courageous of her to continue to pursue a career in something that so many people have discouraged her from. And if I'm being super honest, high school me went through a phase where I enjoyed some of her story times every now and then. That enjoyment of her content was very short-lived for me when I started seeing some of her vines resurface. Then I was immediately turned off. I mean, they range from cringe to tasteless to outright racially charged, problematic, and anti-black. Stop repeating me! Stop repeating me! Mama! Mom! Nigga! I love running through black neighborhoods with my shirt off. <laughs> I'm gonna steal all of your baby daddies. I just, I just really think we should talk this out because I've been having some issues and I think Snack city bitch, snack snack city bitch, snack city bitch, snack snack city bitch, snack city You have really pretty eyes. Ah! Oh, you got a fat ass though. You, you wanna go to dinner sometime? Yeah. Move, bitch, move. Wait, Arca's supposed to be white? Bitch, what the fuck do you mean? Okay, so Something that stands out to me here is the type of collabs she would make with black creators. They all stem from a stereotypical concept, often centering herself as the peak of desirability to black men. She sexually fetishizes black men in her content, focusing on their apparent desire for thick white girls. Doesn't sound like she has a complex at all. She rarely ever collaborated with black women from what I can tell, which gives the impression that she felt too uncomfortable around us to even know what that content would look like. I mean, the layers of anti-blackness just within those six second skits goes so deep that I genuinely have a hard time believing she understands each and every nuance as to why these things were all offensive. Looking at her earliest content on Vine to her most recent content on TikTok, one thing is very clear. Gabby Hanna has a pattern of anti-blackness and she needs to earnestly address and atone for it. So let's talk about her most recent TikToks that some of her fans are declaring she doesn't need to apologize for. Some context for the upcoming clip. She made multiple videos leading up to this one, complaining about how much she hates having rich white neighbors. Someone left a comment noting the hypocrisy in her statement, and this was her response. So would you rather the kind colored girl stay in the ghetto like you want us to? Should I just stay out of the nice, beautiful neighborhood with the wonderful school district for my children to avoid the assholes? Nah, I'll be good. <laughs> Girl, I don't even know where to start. First off, Gabby Hanna is a white woman, okay? Let's get that out of the way. Middle Eastern is not a race, and Lebanese is a nationality. Gabby, you are white in this country. And as long as you have been in the public eye, you have never distinguished yourself as separate from whiteness. You have never distinguished yourself as not a white woman, rather the opposite. Your career has benefited from your whiteness tremendously, leading to so many opportunities that women of color struggle to obtain. Now, 
if you want my opinion, I personally think Gabby Hanna recognizes, like many other non-Black women and white women right now, that being just white is becoming less and less intriguing as a marketing ploy as more people of color influence these markets. There is more profit than ever before to be made in the entertainment industry as a woman of color. But don't get it twisted, that doesn't mean that there's more space or more money for us than white women, not even close. There are just more opportunities opening up to us that have previously not existed, and this completely infuriates some white creators who feel that something is being taken from them. They might not voice that publicly, but it feels like it's been on Gabby Hanna's subconscious. Some lash out, some adopt a new identity. The Jesse Nelsons, the Rosalias, they're pretty much everywhere. Further than that, she's using this newfound racial cosplay as a way to shield her whiteness from being critiqued. It's not lost on me that in many of these TikToks, she's positioning herself as a woman of color to then shit on her white neighbors. She understands that yelling, aren't rich white people the worst, doesn't hit as hard when we all know that she's included in that statement. I don't find find it a coincidence that she's suddenly pivoting to wanting to be recognized as a woman of color to position herself as more of a victim in her mind, making a mockery of the plight of women of color, particularly black women. Now when she asked whether or not she should just live in the ghetto, I just want her to break down what she meant by that. No, like seriously, Gabby, what did you mean by that? Regardless of how she wants to spin it, her statement stems from a widely accepted racist connotation that black and brown people live in undesirable, dangerous, poor neighborhoods. This perception of American cities is rooted strictly in racism and victim blaming. It doesn't acknowledge that our neighborhoods experience severe structural inequalities at the hands of the very white people living in Gabby's neighborhood. Our socioeconomic struggles are not by choice, it's by theft. And most importantly, there is plenty of beauty, life, culture in our cities. You just don't see it. To me, as somebody who grew up in a Black and Latinx town that is often labeled the ghetto, that is an entire slur coming from a white woman's mouth. I'm not sure where Gabby grew up and frankly, I don't care. It would have been a different scenario if she used the term to refer to a poor white neighborhood, but she didn't. She specifically linked it to her racial biases, making her statement anti-Black. Next. You know, usually, I'm sorry, y'all tune in and I'm as calm, cool, collected as I can be, but this script, as I'm reading, I'm getting fired up because I'm, I just, I, I cannot believe the amount of people who have come to her defense over this bullshit. This particular anti-Black and classist perception of cities and impoverished neighborhoods has been normalized to such a degree that Gabby has undoubtedly internalized this belief like many of us at one time or another. In fact, her content on Vine gives us a clear glimpse as to how she grew up viewing and interacting with Black people. Whether she was aware of how racist these Vines were at the time or not, I'm not sure. I'm not even sure if she understands today, in 2022, exactly why these were offensive. Like, seriously, if a Black creator truly sat down and asked Gabby to explain why all her previous statements were anti-Black, would her answer be sufficient to us? 
Based on the way that Gabby has responded to valid critiques in the past, I find it highly unlikely. And if you can't explain to me exactly why what you said was fucked up, then you cannot address your bias properly or ever evolve in your thinking. It's that simple. To even get to that point, she would have to sit down with someone who truly understands the deep complexities of anti-blackness to walk her through the issue step by step. The problem is that she doesn't seem to have any black folks in her circle, and it wouldn't be their responsibility to teach her either, but I doubt she's seeking out any anti-racism education on her own. During my research, I could not find one comment from her addressing her overt anti-black content. Just because someone stops saying racist things publicly doesn't mean they've unlearned those biases, which means they're still harming others, intentionally or not. And before we get out of here, I need to talk about one last TikTok before I never speak about this girl on my channel again. I grew up in a Black neighborhood. I was actually the only white girl in my neighborhood outside of my sister's but I rode the school bus alone. I was the only white girl on my school bus. And here's a bit of irony. They made me sit in the front. All the cool kids sat in the back and they sang and they did chants and they bullied the fuck out of me. They twisted my hair, they pulled it, they called me names. They didn't let me play with them because I wasn't like them. Hi, Fred. Radio, oh, hi, babe. But my best friends at school were still the black girls because they were the kindest. They grew up with less than the white girls. But I didn't fit anywhere because I was poor, but I was white, but I was also Middle Eastern, so I wasn't white. But I wasn't black, so I was still white. We used words like ashy and nappy to describe dry skin or knots in our hair. And then I went to college and somebody called me a motherfucking racist because I said nappy hair. I've been calling my hair nappy for literally 18 years at that point. And I was fucking confused because I thought nappy just meant I have to brush my fucking hair. And I thought that ashy just meant that I needed to put on lotion. But I guess only black girls can say those words. Candace Owens. You know. Hey, right on, sister. God bless the U.S. She bleeds red. Now, clearly, clearly this girl has some lingering racial animosity that began in childhood and has not gone anywhere. I don't know how many white people watch my channel, but listen up. If you grew up in a black neighborhood and you say something to the effect of, black kids were always mean to me because I was white, you are the problem. Ask yourself, is it possible that you viewed black kids stereotypically? Is it possible that you treated them differently? That you made offensive comments at school? Is it possible that they weren't fucking with you because you were casually treating them like shit? And even on the flip side, is it possible that you perceived harmless interactions as mean or scary because of your own biases. All I'm hearing is that it may have been the only time period in Gabby's life where she was ever a minority in a space, making her feel uncomfortable to some degree. But let's not get it twisted. That is in no way comparable to the discomfort and harrowing reality of being a Black person in an all-white space. The difference 
is life and death. And that one experience does not excuse her anti-blackness as an adult. This is an entire grown woman choosing to harbor negative feelings towards black people as a whole because she has this very binary view of her experience as a child. One that again positions her as the victim and positions black people as stereotypically antagonistic or frightening. Given the historical context and Gabby's clear pattern of anti-blackness, I feel very comfortable saying that she needs to publicly address her racism at her earliest convenience. While Gabby does not have to apologize in any way, shape, or form for her mania, she absolutely should be for the racist statements she made on her very large platform. She has over 7 million followers on TikTok. These particular TikToks have millions of views, okay? She committed harm on a national scale at the very least. And as someone who has personally had episodes of her own, like I'm not speaking from a soapbox, okay? As someone who has personally had mental episodes of her own, I understand that you make comments that you may be regretful for, but once you come back down, you have to make amends when it's called for. A huge factor in navigating your neurodivergence is getting to the root of your thoughts and feelings. Step one is interrogating where you differ from social norms and why you may be struggling. You look into whether your condition is genetic or a result of your environment. You put your symptoms under a microscope asking why they appear, when they appear, and questioning their impact. You do all this digging to make sense of your reality and for peace of mind but it seems many white people are only concerned with the latter. It's in that digging where white people will find the answers for their racist outburst and the root is never mental illness. The root is a white supremacist society. The root is your family just two generations back thinking it was okay to own people. The root is your grandparents asserting that we're to blame for all the ills of the world. The root is the constant anti-black narratives fed to white audiences alongside their undercooked, unseasoned TV dinners. Your racism isn't invented by your mania or psychosis. It doesn't appear out of thin air, independent of your personal beliefs or biases. The only reason I even felt pushed to make this video is because of the overwhelming amount of comments I was seeing in defense of her racism. People are suggesting that we, meaning black folks, need to show her more empathy, which is just like, what do y'all want us to do? No, seriously, how exactly are we supposed to react to her racism? Because to y'all, it's never a good time to point it out. Further, let's talk about how black folks who are caught on camera going through painful moments or public breakdowns are rarely ever treated with the degree of empathy that we're expected to extend in circumstances like these. Our vulnerable and embarrassing moments are memified at the drop of a hat, frequently recontextualized by white audiences in dehumanizing, stereotypical ways. If we're gonna talk about extending empathy, let's start there. Others were genuinely labeling her racist statements as intrusive thoughts, but as someone who has intrusive thoughts every hour on the hour, I found this to not make a lick 
of sense. The term intrusive thought, while often including irrational and disturbing ideas, does not simply apply to any negative or harmful thought that you have. Making racist statements that have been normalized within our white supremacist society does not fall within the constraints of that definition. Now I'm trying. <laughs> to approach this with as much nuance as possible and in my research I did come across a couple articles legitimizing racism OCD as a disorder and I want to engage with it as honestly as I can as someone who has been diagnosed and medicated for OCD. These articles suggest that racism OCD is mostly driven by either the fear of accidentally being racist or having frequent racist thoughts like not wanting to be touched by people of color or not wanting them in your family. Now, one of those sounds like an intrusive thought pattern. The other sounds like pure unbridled racism, I don't care. Grouping these two behaviors together feels very reductionist to me, though if there are any black psychologists that have engaged with this framework, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are, so let me know. <laughs> let me know what you think about the theory in the comments, and let me know if I'm missing something, because I, I don't see it. But either way, whether you buy into racism OCD as a legitimate mental condition or not, the proposed treatment for this situation is exposure therapy. The proposed treatment is for those who are affected to have tough conversations about racism with black and brown people. The treatment is literally forcing yourself to engage with your racism in order to unpack it and undress it. And unfortunately, that puts a lot of non-white people in harm's way. Even the mental health professionals who view this as a mental condition are not suggesting that the harm caused can go unchecked or unapologized for. It's noted in these articles that many people don't receive treatment for their racism OCD because, much like neurotypical racist white people, they don't want to sit down with people of color to have these conversations. And quite frankly, them interacting with other people of color puts other people at risk and in harm's way. So it's like a lose-lose situation. You know, people of color and therapists of color aren't necessarily jumping to put themselves in the crossfire of that either, especially when white people are constantly gaslighting our experiences with racism. To put it simply, it is not our responsibility to help y'all work through your anti-blackness, and even more so when y'all refuse to be honest about your shit and then excuse it in the ways that I've seen the last few weeks. So I'll leave it at this. The root of your racism will never be mental illness. It's that simple. So start digging. Okay, calm Joe making a return here. <laughs> My videos aren't always this heavy, but if you are interested in hearing more about the ways that pop cultural analysis and racial analysis intersect, maybe give this video a like or subscribe to my channel. I want to give a quick thank you to all my patrons who have helped fund this video and every single one of my subscribers. I truly appreciate the support and I know that my upload schedule is the most chaotic and all over the place, but I promise, I promise, I promise I am working, okay? I'm working overtime. My life is just upside down right now. So be patient. Please stick with me as I try to get some really, really good dissections out to y'all. And that's it for now. In the meantime, you can catch me making something somewhere at some point. Bye.